I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Hui. Hey, what's up? Ricky is not joining us. He's having computer problems, meetings, changes. I don't know. He's having something going on. Um, but this is the three cast. We review things, uh, normally movies, sometimes TV shows. This time we're going to do a TV show, right, Vince? The, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, yep. Basically Star the Wars. Show. Well, you know what? It's not just Star Wars. I think it is the show that uh, Disney really put its hat on the hook for to make sure that the Disney Plus uh, streaming service was actually on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so if you've listened to the podcast, you know, for any period of time, you will know that Vince and I have uh, widely diff- differing opinions on the merits of star wars um vince you would be considered um how do i put this down quick a fanboy of star uh, wars yeah i know star wars i i'm a fan of a lot of things and i happen to know star wars fairly well too so yes right. i i think you're underplaying it just a tad but i i'm on the other opposite of this one i can't stand star wars i hate the original movies uh, i think part of it is because they're not in order but um, I have many other qualms about that. Um, the only thing we seem to agree on when it comes to Star Wars, man, to correct me if I'm wrong, is that the music for the movies is awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Um, John, I, yep. John Williams is a, is a beast, and um, he's awesome. And he, the only thing that's make, for me, that's the only thing that makes the movies enjoyable. Now, the TV show, Vince, why don't you tell us a bit what, what, what the, the TV show is? about all right so the mandalorian is a a very small it's only one season so far um and it's about eight episodes about half an hour or so each episode its premise is it follows the journey of a mandalorian the title character uh as he's dealing with the fallout of the end of uh return of the jedi it's about four or five years after return of the jedi which is episode six um, so the Empire is in disarray, and it's basically uh, sci-fi Wild Wild West. Um, it's, it follows him as a bounty hunter, and uh, spoiler alert, it involves him discovering a child, which is Baby Yoda, as everyone effectively know, uh, refers to this creature. Um, and he's just trying to protect uh, this creature from the uh, last vestiges of the Empire, and it eventually follows through uh, a series of little adventures where you start understanding the subculture of Mandalorian, uh, I don't know, culture, as well as uh, the, the backstory of what's going on in the Star Wars universe at that point in time. But the interesting thing I wanted to ask you, Matt, is, yeah, that's fine to not really like Star Wars, but you got to understand that when Disney Plus came out, the thing is that they really were very much about, hey, it can't just simply be cartoons, right? Because cartoons are very child-centric. We want to make sure we can appeal to a larger base, right? Obviously, they've got a lot of the Marvel assets as well, but they want to have a new IP, and that was Mandalorian. So they really tried to keep it a good balance, to keep the fanboys in check with this kind of references, but also for those new to the Star Wars universe, and this is why I want to know you, like, you know, as a general series, like, without the Star Wars baggage, because they don't really dwell too much on it, like as a, as a kind of actiony, more teen, grown up show. Like, how'd you find it? Okay, so I have a couple questions before I answer your question. Yep. Before I answer your question, uh, Baby Yoda's not actually Yoda, right? He's like a no, a no, or something. Yeah, you're just racist. Uh, no, he's 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 <laughs> just 
and same species. Uh, same species. Okay. Um, that that makes more sense to me because I thought that I thought well, I mean, this is sci-fi, so maybe there was time travel in, in, involved. Um, no. Okay. All right. So um. Uh, um. All right. So you, I'm gonna su- su- surprise you with my answer. I really liked it, Vince. Uh, Did you watch how, how many episodes? How many episodes? Left? I, I I only had time to get through two episodes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, but y- you know, you know, first of all, I I mean, you know, you know me. When we watch these TV shows, I hardly ever make it to the second episode. Mm-hmm. Usually, I can get through one, and I'm like, oh, it's dumb, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna watch anymore. I made it through the second episode, and I'm gonna watch the third one mm-hmm. um, when I have a chance. So, you, you know, I you know didn't hate it when I'm gonna watch more. Yep. Um. So you didn't. It's not like a Ricky show. Okay. Cool. Cool. No, no, no. It was actually real good. I'm I, I'm very impressed with how they managed to build the character of this Mandalorian up without him actually saying things. I mean, I don't think in the first two episodes he said more than a hundred words yeah. total. Yep. I mean, he doesn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. But he managed to ha- he actually manages to have a personality that you know you can follow and kind of be invested in uh, without actually saying much. Um, and the 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 guy in the second episode where, that helps him out a lot. The yep. I have spoken guy. I love that guy. He's my favorite character ever in a Star Wars. Anything. He's fantastic. Yeah, That's Nick Nolte, eh? Yeah, yeah. He's he's great. Um. Anyways, I, I, I like I said, I really do like it. My biggest disappointment with it is the music. Well, that's not John Williams, though, right? I I know. I think I think part of the reason why I didn't like it was because it was John Williams. But I will say this: that the music got better in the second episode. It was more upbeat. In the first episode, it was just com- almost completely absent. It was like there was tons and tons of silence. Well, and when you very, did it... Yeah, it was very, very much like the spaghetti western kind of thing where there's that pregnant pause between, like, you know, mm-hmm. action, right? And when there was music, it was very, very soft, right? But in, in the in in the second... So, like, in, John, in anything John Williams does, whenever there's action on the scene, there's this big brass section behind him doing awesome music, right? Mm-hmm. And this one... I mean, this one, the beginning scene of the first episode where he goes all Jason Statham, uh, you yeah, know, on those guys at the bar, right? Yep. There's no music behind it, right? It was, it was like complete silence behind it. Um, and and that, that just seemed really weird to me, right? Because it mm-hmm. completely goes against everything the rest of the Star Wars things is about. Yeah. Um, and, and like I knew from that moment, I'm like, this is not John Williams, right? <laughs> like he can't yeah. do an action scene while having, you know, big, you know, you know sound behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That was my biggest disappointment, but like I said, it did get better in the second one because in the second one there was more upbeat. Action. Yeah, yeah there, was, there, was, there was, was more comical. I think it was more comical too, right? Mm-hmm. There was more action, and there, you know, he has that. He did. He the the guy who did it kind of um, uh, focused a little bit more on what you kind of realize Star Wars. Like there's um kind of like a upbeat tempo in mm-hmm. some scenes that kind of plays out throughout the whole episode. So anyways, you know me, I always focus on the music when it comes to Star Wars, but I, like I said, I really, really enjoyed it. Well, the, what I watched so far. But the thing is for, from, from my perspective, like as a, as a kind of, as you said, fanboy, um, the, like mm-hmm. I, I thought there was a lot of, uh, catering to, to those needs, but it wasn't like heavy handed. And I, I realized watching, it, I was like, why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they do this? And of course, I, I think the, the whole point of the show was to kind of transition, to find a way to get uh, to captivate the the new base, right? Because um, if you go on Disney 
Plus, um, you'll find that a lot of the programming, obviously, is very kid-focused, right? So mom and dad, like guys like me and Rick, when we would watch Disney Plus, it's like, God, man, there's only so much stuff. And you can only watch the, the Marvel movies only so many times, right? So um, to have new IP that's more grown-up, it, it's good. Um, and then they don't really force the Star Wars stuff down your throat. Um, I, I, I gather, just from pop culture, though, you would have recognized some things in Star Wars, right? Like those little Jawa things, those little guys in the hoods with the BD, like yep. light, light eyes, right? You know, you stole you know, all the ship, yeah. Yeah, so you, you probably don't know those guys by name, but, you know, you're familiar that's a Star Wars kind of thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then the whole, the Force thing at the end of Episode 2, right? The whole, when, when Baby Yoda, like, lifts up that big rhinoceros. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So you're familiar with these kinds of Star Wars tropes, right? Well, the other thing that's very Star Wars-esque is the way that it's shot, right? So uh, one of the things that has always bothered me about Star Wars is that, you know, this is a supposedly really advanced culture. They can, you know, they have star travel and, you know, holograms and stuff like that. But they apparently don't have indoor lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go into a bar and it's completely dark and it drives me bad. I mean, I understand that there's going to be dark scenes in, you know, any you know, any movie or any TV show or whatever, but everything in them is always dark. And that's something that's kind of, um, is still in the, the Mandalorian as well. Well, you know, it's funny though. The, you're talking about that. I think that they're just trying to make sure it's more kind of, uh, to the underworld. I think in, in that particular scene, um, mm-hmm. just make it look more sketchy and sleazy. Right. But yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, th- at the end of the day, this guy's a bounty hunter, right? That's that, what you're, what you're seeing in the, in the first episode or two, well, the first episode, is he's, it's in his prime as a bounty hunter. And then when you take him out of that and throw him into the wilderness, essentially, in the in the second episode, it that's why it's like a fish out of water scenario, right? Um, and and if, if, it, if it were not for Baby Yoda, he would have died because it's instead of him taking like six guys in a bar in a close quarters situation in the, in the first episode, he's getting his ass handed to him by a rhinoceros, like, you know, basically, you know, one step short of killing him. So... And, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of contrast that you get from episode one to episode two. The interesting thing about I should mention, though, is that the directors, they change. Uh, this is OK. Maybe I am a little bit of a Star Wars nerd. Um, the the directors for the episodes, uh, there's eight there's eight episodes in this first season. I think they use four different directors uh, and they, they they purposefully do that um, just and, and it's. And of course, the whole thing's produced by John Favreau, the guy that brought Iron Man to the forefront. So. It's 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 pretty good to see the kind of different skews when you watch different episodes, Matt. If you're going to see them, uh, you'll find that there is a slightly different skew by different uh, directors, and it's not like no name directors. Like we're dealing with uh, uh, Taikiti Watiti, the the guy that's uh, that does Thor, the guy that directed Thor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got um, uh, Dave Filoni, who basically is the guy that uh, oversaw all the Star Wars animated series. You got Bryce, uh, Dal- Bryce Dallas Howard, or Dallas Bryce Howard, whatever, you know, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, the, the girl from, um, she used to be an actress too, right? Um, so you got some really interesting directors uh, coming to, to, to play in this kind of universe. And it's good to see that each episode, you can tell their, the, how the individual director skews it. Like with uh, the YTD guy, like the guy that did uh, Thor Ragnarok, Right. You know that that guy's got like a kind of funny comedic streak in him. So when you watch those episodes that he does, it, it's pretty good. Um, in any event, the whole idea of the Star Wars series, I was just wondering from again, to me, it's always interesting to hear a person that's not really acclimatized to the Star Wars series. Like 
Did you find that it was a good way to balance out action and story? Like these are bite-sized half-hour episodes. It wasn't like you know I had to know about a back history. Like I find that I had to watch um, the one of the Harry Potter ones with uh, not it wasn't Harry Potter. It was like the Jason sorry the Johnny Depp uh, Harry Potter movies that weren't really Harry Potter. I had to know all the knowledge. I didn't know. I, I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, same thing with um, like the Hunger Games things. You can't just pick it up and get into it, right? Um, but with this series, like, did you have any issues just trying to ramp up? Was there any balancing things? Like, you know, wh- how, how did you find like just the digestibility of all the, the content that was being thrown at you? I think it works really well in this format. Vince. I th- um, so, I mean, like I said, I don't like the, the Star Wars movies. And one of the reasons why is they're excruciatingly, excruciatingly long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're very, very long. Um, there, there were Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings was Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they're, not yeah. Qu- they're not quite as long as Lord of the Rings can be, but um, they're very long. And I think one of the reasons, I mean, I, one of the reasons I really like this f- is that it, they're short, right? They're like forty minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Yep. Um, and I just didn't get bored. And even though, like, like there's not. I mean, these are not at least the first two episodes. They're not dialogue heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, things. You know, there's not astonishing character development that relies on heavy interactions between you know main characters. Um, but because they're short, and because they did such a good job of um, establishing his character without dialogue, mm-hmm. um, I, I found that. It, I didn't have any problems at all. And they don't, like you were saying, they don't shove the, you know, canon franchise down your throat. And, um, <laughs> you know, you know, and, eh, all right. So we talked about this before. I mean, we do a lot of superhero movies on the show, Vince. And one of the biggest things we, I constantly have problems with whenever we do, like we did suicide squad and, you know, um, you know, the, the end game and all these different superhero movies, that focus on hundreds and hundreds of Marvel characters, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, and if you don't know their backstory, they don't make sense. Or, yeah. you know, you, you feel lost sometime during the movie. Like, yeah, I'm not sure what the reference is to, right? Mm-hmm. I never once got the feeling in the Mandalorian like that, even though there's this entire backstory of, you know, you know, the empire being, you know, defeated and, um, and all that. I mean, granted, I knew all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't. I don't feel like if I, I don't feel like I needed to know it. Um, the only question, the only thing that confused me the most was because Yoda was there, and everybody's calling it Baby Yoda, right? Yeah. Um. So I mean, you, the reason, and, and so I, and I knew about Baby Yoda before I went into this, so I figured, well, you know, is this the same character? Or is, you know, that's the reason why I thought, well, you know, time travel, um, because of course, I mean, if you're gonna jump to conclusions, you might as well go all out. Uh, <laughs> But um, good. Well, so so that's the thing. Like, I, that that's the reason why I thought it was really good that they really didn't force the general public to have to like open up a backlog of history and stories and subplots. Like, you just knew straight up there. This is the Star Wars universe. There's two things you got to know. A, there's something called the Force, which is like magic, right? And then B, there's these weird kind of aliens that might look like anything, but we know that it's Star Wars versus Star Trek aliens, right? Like, just go, okay, I get it, right? So that that was the to me that was a really good way to like get 
the audience captivated. And quite frankly, um, you might recall that when Disney Plus first launched, they were all people. A lot of people were saying, "Well, you know what? It's not really going to sell because." Compared to Netflix, everyone wants to get everything in Netflix. You can get everything from kids shows all the way to like, you know, um, like really gruesome movies and stuff or like, you know, esoteric stuff like World War II history documentaries, right? So Netflix has a, every something's there for everybody, right? Disney, that's really kid pandering. But Disney, you know, made a success. Like they, 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 they're obviously they haven't like unseated Netflix, but they have done a really good job in kind of having a presence. Now, I think at, at this point, I, I thought it would be interesting to hear your take on. We talked about this earlier with the streaming services, right? But I just thought it'd be really interesting to hear your insights on how would you see, like, if Disney was able to kind of capture a grown-up audience with The Mandalorian, right? In, in order to kind of beat down like Amazon Prime and Netflix and HBO Plus and all that stuff. The the question is, what's your opinion on what you were describing earlier, which was like. They're going to talk about putting all these other, like Captain America, or sorry, um, what is it, Winter Soldier and Captain America, uh, the the kind of Scarlet Witch, uh, um, uh, kind of Vision kind of show, and uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of other, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, spin-off series, uh, TV shows on Disney Plus, and those are all comic based. So there's pretty much a huge saturation with like backstory that you need to know what what do you think they got to know to do based on the success of mandalorian do you think it's better to like say forget it we're not going to dwell on any of the stuff that happened in the movies because no one got no time to watch like 12 or 15 or 20 you know marvel movies to understand the stuff uh, what do you think they're going to have to do to kind of ensure that they can keep the momentum going for their grown-up audience yeah they do have to be standalone right they, they can't rely on the lore of the comics or the um the movies because they're so confusing like take for instance i like i know they're not gonna do batman because it's not the same but just for an example batman has been rebooted so many times and it's the same with every superhero right i mean every superhero movie spider-man you name it they've been rebooted right um and because they've been rebooted you don't know where what lore they're i mean it's the same thing in the comic books ignoring the movies the you know they have different arcs and different you know um and then it just makes it so confusing. So they do have to be standalone, just like I mean, the Mandalorian is not standalone. The the lore is still there, but you don't need to know it. So I think that's the key. You know, the interesting thing, Vince, is Marvel's done a fantastic job on the big screen of being astonishingly successful. Right? I mean, every movie they come out with seems to be a hit of some kind. I mean, I don't know. How. I'll tell you right now, I don't know how. Right? Yeah, I don't know how either. Because some of those movies are really bad, but um, you know, obviously they have those ones that stand above the rest, and you know, make two billion dollars. But you know, all of them make their budget back. You know, at least it, or double it something in, in most cases. Um, mm-hmm. But Marvel has sucked at TV shows. Um, yeah, yeah. And they don't. I really wish Ricky was going to be here to defend it because I don't understand the Agents of Shield at all, man. Yeah, the Agents of the Shield. Um, uh, what was the other one that they did? I don't remember. Uh, they did another one, um, but it, it's DC that does the good TV shows and sucks at right, movies. And then sucks at movies. Uh, so that's going to be when, when they do the series on Disney Plus for the Marvel stuff. It's going to be very interesting. I, I think what they really have to do is try to copy DC as much as possible, <laughs> um, because 
they just have not been a good. They just, I mean, part of the I think part of the reasons why Agent of Agent of Shield didn't do well is because it was on ABC here in the in the states. Nobody watches ABC. Uh, ABC nope. can't really. Yeah. that's a, that's owned by Disney. I'm surprised. I know, but the the, the problem is AB. I, I, I know this is more personally. Um, I will only start watching a TV show after it's like three seasons in because I want to make sure that it, the the network's invested in it and it's not going to just cancel <laughs> it for no reason. Yeah, exactly. A, a, ABC cancels shit all the time, right? Oh, really? Sometimes mid season, like they'll they'll order ten ten episodes, which is half a season. Uh, and then they'll stop it there, and it's an, I mean, unless it's sh- uh, what's the, the 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 lady that does all of the shows? Shonda, is her name Shonda Rhimes, something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, the like does Grey's Anatomy and everything. Grey's yeah. Anatomy. She does like like seven shows on ABC, and she's like the only person that's been ever successful on ABC. All the rest of the shows just get canceled for no reason. Um, that's <laughs> that's part that's part of the reasons why I think aging is huge. But, but get back to the question. Um. It's going to be interesting, Vince. I don't know that it will be successful, um, but I don't think it'll have anything to do with Disney Plus. I think it'll be more to do with the fact that Marvel TV shows just aren't good, um, and because of the huge backstory that they always require you to know. Um, I think that they'd be better off doing uh, more things that are focused on. I don't know. Because, all right, so the Marvel, the the, the Marvel universe is, is fractured is a fractured fandom. Yes, you can all you can you can um, ball all the Marvel fans together, uh-huh. but really it's just it's it's a group of many different fandoms because you have the people who really like Iron Man, you have the people who really like Captain America, Black and so Panther, on, right? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> they need to focus. Whereas with Star Wars. You have Star Wars fans; they're all together. You know, either you really like Star Wars or you don't, um, and you're in the fandom, right? There's not, you know, I mean, people have their own opinions whether or not the prequels are good or you know the ones that come, you know, episodes seven through nine or whatever they are. You know, they have those episodes, but I mean, for by and large, if you're in the Star Wars fandom, you like Star Wars. It's mm-hmm. not like you like. You're like this part of Star Wars, not that part of Star Wars. Marvel's is completely different. Where the fandoms, yeah, it's a huge fandom, but you really have a whole bunch of much smaller fandoms w- within. And I think that's going to be harder to draw an audience because it's not those small fandoms aren't nearly as big as what you know the Star Wars fandom is. So you, in order to draw in, you know, a lot of people, um, I think they should focus on the um, the IP that has the biggest audience draw. Right. So, like Iron Man, Iron Man is is the most famous, probably most popular uh, MCU character, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I well, I mean, in, based on the cinema, I mean, like, I think if you were to look at it, I think at some point it varies. Like, I mean, there's Deadpool, there's Wolverine, like, there's like, you know, it it goes through ebbs and tides, right? Deadpool's not going to come to Disney Plus, is he? I mean, I mean, he swears a lot. You know what? Um, I don't know. I, I mean. It's like one of those Spider-Man Marvel things. Like, it's like, yeah, is it really a adopted stepson kind of thing? Like, I don't, I don't know how the relationship. I, I, but I think at some point you got to broker that because he is part of the Marvel universe, right? Well, then if you if you if you cut out that kind of thing, you end up in Apple's position where they won't they won't Apple won't take on anything that's not family friendly, right? So they're, they're, you know, no sex, no swearing, none of that stuff. Um, 
and what you're talking about, if, if they go that route, they're going to have a much harder time drawing in adults. It's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to look much more. I mean, Disney already has the, you know, people already look at it as a the kid streaming service, right? Um, if, if they take that kind of stuff out, you're going to, um, now see what's the, I think I'll probably end up staying subscribed to Disney plus for oh, one, wow. for two reasons. One, it's cheap. They did. They did a fantastic job of keeping it it's under ten bucks. It's still cheap in the states. Is it? Is, oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, seven. Yeah, seven ninety nine or six ninety nine or something like that. Um, and and now if they start doing what Netflix is doing, and they you know Netflix raises the price every like six months, it's ridiculous. I mean, they're like when when, when Netflix was started, they're like oh like nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine is a fantastic price because it's not ten dollars. But it is ten dollars, but it looks better, right? It's like uh, uh, people buy things at the store that are ten for ten more mm-hmm. than they would buy them, you know, for ninety nine cents because it, it, it right. is how it looks, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Disney does a really good job of keeping on ten dollars, but Netflix went through like you know, twelve ninety nine and fifteen ninety nine, and then I think they're like seven. Yeah, it's like like at, at, it's just not worth it because you know, you know, if you're gonna if you're into streaming services, chances are you're subscribing to more than one. And once it gets over that ten dollar mark, it makes it much harder to justify, you know. I think so. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm going to stay, stay subscribed to Disney Plus. And the other one is that they're going to they're making a Percy Jackson series. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to. I like Percy Jackson. So. Well, I was also going <laughs> to say because I'm a teenager. So. But but I know one other thing that we have in common is um, they have a show called um, oh, crap, but it's basically a musical show um, and. They basically take all these all these guys that uh, like ten years ago did a uh, high school version of say uh, I don't know Ragtime or Annie or uh, Sound of Music and then they get them all together like you know reunion and they make them do it again uh, and it's kind of fun just seeing how people are able to and it's a good way to just get like some people don't know what some of these musicals are and just to put that out there so I, I thought that was one of those random shows even the uh, like the there's a Jeff Goldblum show where it's like not quite you know informative news real thing, but it's just kind of fun to just mm-hmm. hear him talk about certain things. So there are little shows that I found Net, Disney Plus you know were interesting, but the reality is if it weren't for the fact that I had kids, because it's interesting to hear from you that you're like yeah I'm going to do this. I only have kept it because I got kids, right? And I can just say this is wholesome entertainment that I can just put my kid in front of and I don't have to worry about it. It's like a kid version of Netflix because then, you know, a kid can go, I want to watch Wreck-It Ralph. I want to watch, you know, Sleeping Beauty. No problem. Pull it up, right? Um, well, that's going to that's get a lot of people in the door, right? And it's going to be – but it's going to be – I mean, uh, uh, eventually – I mean, that's going to get a lot of people in the door and keep them staying there for kids. But eventually those kids are going to grow up, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to – you know, eventually they're going to have to pull in – they're gonna to have to. So the reason that Netflix is so successful is it isn't because they have, uh, it isn't because they have great content. It's they have a lot of content, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of shit on Netflix. I mean, it's just really, really. I mean, some of the stuff you just go like, ah, who the hell watches stuff? But the reason why they they manage to pull so many people is because they have all this stuff that appeals to a, a wide range of people. So. The, the kid thing for you, Vince, is what pulled you in. Is mm-hmm. gonna be, the question is what's going to get you to stay once your kid no longer likes Lion King? Because you know, in four or five years or whatever, they ain't going to want Lion King anymore. They're going to want you know uh, Harry Potter and the, the more. They're going to want Deadpool. They're going to want Deadpool. Yeah. Um, so they, 
they're going to have, if they want to keep long-term subscribers, they're going to have to pull some of what Netflix has done and throw a whole bunch of different things at the wall, even though a lot of it's going to suck, you know, because each one of those things will develop a small following that will get you some followers Mm -hmm. or, you know, subscribers. And it's just going to, you know, pile on and pile on until you have a whole bunch of different small fandoms that, you know, subscribe because, you know, you have this small uh, TV show that they like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no, you I I would agree. I just think that um Disney's probably got a hell of a lot of fandoms like in in and of itself. I'm not talking about the Marvel thing. I'm just like like I, there are some people that are diehards about like the Disney princesses. Some are like like it, it's a weird culty thing. Like you 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 go to mm-hmm. Disney World and people are diehard Tron people or people are like there's so many little IPs that I didn't really realize until watching Disney Plus. That it's like that's a thing, or, or like people actually care about these old nostalgia chitty chitty bang bang kind of things. I was like, wow, that, that's nuts. So if they were smart, they should really pull the nostalgia heartstrings because it's not just Star Wars. I think that even kids, like you're talking about the Marvel thing, a lot of kids who are big fans of like Avengers and stuff, they probably weren't around when the first Iron Man came out. You know that, right? Okay, that'll make you feel old, Vince. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. like, I, dude, I know I'm old. I just, I, yeah. I just know that for, for guys like you, it must be pretty bad. Because like, yes, it makes me feel old too, and I'm not old. Well, I am old. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, I, I'm, I'm as old. I'm old. I'm, I'm, I'm as old now as you were when we first started doing the podcast. So. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, man. I'm, I'm freaking old. So, uh, don't, don't, don't get. You're not that old, buddy. Um, but in any event, I think that. Just coming back to this whole discussion of Mandalorian, I think it's a good way, you know, we're talking about Disney Plus in general, but I think Mandalorian's been a very successful show in, in two fronts. A, it's been able to kind of take advantage of its non-cartoon-based assets so that um, a greater audience would watch it. The second thing is it's able to introduce people who may have been reluctant or unaware of the Star Wars universe by, you know, throwing the right balance of time, like that is a shorter episode, uh, action and humor uh, and said good music um, or reasonably okay music. It's not anywhere close to Zimmer or Williams, but you know it's it's able to balance a lot of stuff. So it's like mini little movies. Um, I think you'll find that when you watch that show, it gets a little bit more grown up on some ways, right? Um, where like it, not like there's like Disney, so it's not like there's like sex and rape and Game of Thrones kind of stuff, but it it does start getting into bigger, broader questions and there's a lot more killing that goes on um for a star wars show but i think that's what they're trying to do they're trying to expand not just their portfolio of work but to really expand their audience and to hear you comment on things like that uh to say that you know that it it, it does appeal it didn't require too much baggage it was accessible that that that's a good sign for disney so from my perspective i'm a fanboy too and i like it and it was a good show for me i give it an easy four out of five stars um and 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 that's just because I'm a hard, hard uh, critic. But what do you say, man? I'd agree. Four out of five is, is about where I would go. Um, so that means five out of five for from Ricky just because. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, because we both like this. This means probably, probably would mean that he hated it. Uh, <laughs> it's probably no, man, I, know, I know Rick. He would have been like, yo, man, there's fast stuff and there's like people dying yeah. and shooting. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'd like it. That's um, lots of flashy lights, man. I think – I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Disney Plus goes on. Um, I, I, the whole—I st- mean, we've talked about the streaming service before, so we don't really have to get into it again. Um, 
but there's just so many of them, Vince. And, and I think that's, that might be, all right. So there's two, there's two things I want to talk about before we go. One, because there's so many, so many streaming services, Disney's going to have to stand out and we'll have to wait and see mm-hmm. if they're able to do that. So just the Mandalorian is not going to do it. Just having star Wars or the Marvel is not going to do it. They're going to, they're going to have to find many things right in order yep. to stand out. It can't yep. just be one or two. Agreed. Um, uh, uh, the other thing, and this this one, this is huge. It's going to be the it will be the downfall of Disney Plus if they pulled the classic Disney, um, where uh, a- after a few years on the market of the Mandalorian, they decide we're going to take this out and put it in the vault, you know, and we'll bring it back out in 20 years or something like that. It's coming out of the vault again, like the, you know, like they do with the the DVDs or whatever, or Bambi or um, any of those things. Like so sometimes you just can't buy it because it's in the it's in the Disney vault. Uh, and if if they do that with this, I don't think that they really understand streaming because once you put something on there, you really want to stay forever. I mean, you, we got used to it with with Netflix because people pulled rights and stuff. But Disney owns all this stuff, and it'd be really bad if this stuff disappeared. And that's one of the things that's great about streaming is that you can go through and you can watch The Lion King over and over again because your kid's obsessed. Yep, exactly. If, if if The Lion King all of a sudden disappears tomorrow because Disney pulls a Disney and puts it in the vault. That's going to be a huge problem for, especially with the kids stuff, because kids watch things over and over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. if they, things start disappearing because Disney put it in the vault, that's going to be a huge problem. And I don't, I don't, I don't see that it, how Disney would be successful if they, you know, they did that. I hope they don't do it. You know, but we'll see. All right, that's yeah. good, man. Yeah, nice so uh, man. Yeah, um, so that is uh, it for this show. Um, I don't. Let's see. It's Ricky's turn next. Yeah, I think it's Ricky. Yeah, because I went last time with the the Bond film. Yeah. We'll have to, well. To... You know what the thing is though. What I I I just want to remind you, as as some of you listeners might be aware of, Ricky's been very much a proponent of us looking at Pokemon Go. And given the pandemic, you know, it took a it, it the world works in fun ways, and the world said <laughs> no. No, but it then was, did you see recently Pokemon Go got an update for coronavirus, so now you can do it all in your house, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn your house. Yeah, I, I uh, saw that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we really lucked out on the whole pandemic thing, like, keeping us away from from <laughs> Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah, I I think Ricky will probably choose a uh, TV show or a movie. Um, I'm hoping he will stay away from Pokemon Go for just a little while longer, like another year <laughs> you know at least let us have the, uh, a, a vaccine if we're gonna have one um before we have to go out there and see other people anyways so we don't know what's coming up next if you want to get in contact with us you can do so email at the freecast.com uh you can follow us on twitter at the freecast uh i'm at mtwb on twitter vince is vwhy ricky who is not here is for candidate for witness one you can also follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash the freecast um now that. It's very unusual for us to do two episodes right in a row, so um, don't expect anything in Tokyo. That's what I'm saying. Anyways, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Take care.